0: Philippians 4 So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, in this manner stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge Judea and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable— If there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through Him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica you sent gifts for my need several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today, we read from Paul's encouragement filled letter to the church at Philippi. They always had a unique relationship with Paul he planted their church and he watched it grow and he remained confident that God would finish what he started in them. They had already seen firsthand how Paul responded to being imprisoned because when he first went to Philippi, they imprisoned him. But of course, he used his imprisonment as an opportunity to share the gospel. In fact, there's a good chance his former prison guard was one of the people in that church reading this letter. He had converted to Christianity during Paul's time in prison there. When Paul wrote this letter, he was in prison again, probably in Rome and he took the time to try to make peace among members of the church. He mentioned two women who had been co-laborers with him in ministry. There was a rift between them, and he wanted to help restore the relationship. He told them all to rejoice, to be reasonable, to be prayerful, and to be peaceful. These things were all tied together in one stream of thought. Rejoicing sets the tone. It arcs our hearts toward God and His goodness. When that's our focus, we can move through life with graciousness. Another translation uses the word gentleness here. Because if you've got a reasonable argument, you don't have to come across hot-headed. You can be rational and gentle. And when you're aware of the nearness of the Lord, like Paul said in the next line, you don't have to strive after anything. God can be trusted to work on your behalf. So talk to Him about what you need and want. Present your request to Him. And the peace that comes from trusting Him and talking to Him and remembering His nearness— that peace will act like a bodyguard at the door of your heart and your mind. If anyone would have experience in this area, trying to present a reasonable argument and not be hot-headed, having peace in situations that call for anxiety, it was Paul. He had been through the ringer. And from that vantage point, he said, I've learned that there's only one thing that really matters. Whether I'm rich or poor, or regardless of what challenges or blessings I face, with Christ, I can endure all things. He thanked them for helping provide for him in prison. They had sent financial relief his way, and he was grateful, because in his day, prisoners had to rely on their friends for provision. The Philippian church was repeatedly generous to Paul in ways that other churches weren't. So he reminded them, Just as you've provided for me, God will provide for you. My favorite part of today's reading was in verses 8 through 9, where Paul said, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. If I put my thoughts through those filters, many of them get stopped at the very first one. Is this true? Lots of my thoughts are hypothetical problems or things I've created in my head. False fears. So I use the truth filter to block them out. They don't stand a chance against most of the other filters either. But the gospel of Christ meets every criteria of what Paul says to think about. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy. It is all of those things and more. That's why I'm so glad we're spending time every day reading His Word and reminding our hearts to think about it. God gets into our brains first, then into our hearts, where it can be pumped out through all our blood vessels into every square inch of our bodies, where it can take root and bear fruit in things like rejoicing and gentleness and prayer and peace. God is all those beautiful things. And by fixing our eyes and minds on who He is, our thoughts are filled with beauty. He's Where the Joy Is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by Lifeway.